What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Lennon, how are you doing this week? Doing well, man. I am, like, really excited to do this episode because the two shows we are reviewing are so damn good right now. Falcon and Winter Soldier and Invincible. I'm so excited to talk about that. We're not starting our actress list this week. We're going to start it next week, give a week in between. But I do have some, like, casting what if questions for you that we're going to discuss involving like dc involving marvel and whatnot but like i said i cannot wait to talk about marvel television because i know on this podcast i've been very critical of marvel but this is the time where i'm like all marvel give me more give me more but it's a catch to that because if it's not like this then i'm going to be upset yeah yeah because this um, is special. Like, this show is so special. And I know you said, you, me and you both have a hot take that we agree with that we talked about through text that I'm going to wait to say when we talk about the show. But, like, I, I, I can't praise the show enough. Yeah, I mean, I think um, off the heels of WandaVision, like, this is really shows that each show is really going to be a different tone air. center. Well, I think it's just going to be a, a different tone each one. Oh, true, true. What, what I think, when I think about this show... I'm really hoping that Hawkeye takes its lead. Yes. Because um, I yes. feel like yes. if, if, a, if there was a Hawkeye show like this show, then like, great. I think it'd be 100% great. Like so, that's what, uh, And that's what I think Hawkeye show is going to be like because it's it's going off of the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run. So I'm thinking we're going to get some Ronin stuff. I'm thinking we're going to get like Hawkeye is a secret agent at the end of the day. So we're going to get that type of stuff. Loki has me very interested because I don't think it's going to be like WandaVision, but I don't think it's going to be like Falcon Winter Soldier. So I'm interested to see the tone in that. But also this makes me think I wish Black Widow was a TV show. I think Black Widow would have been an amazing TV show. Well, I think that it would have been good, but the character and where she falls in line in the timeline, it just didn't fit. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about if if she was still alive, and they gave us the Clint in, in the Hawkeye and Black Widow show, that would have been fire. No, I still think it would be beneficial if they found some way to include her in the Hawkeye show in a flashback or whatever. Show us the Budapest thing. Exactly. So, but isn't there like a rumor that they talk about the Budapest thing or show the Budapest thing in the movie? So I don't know. Oh, yeah, they might They might do that. You're right. Because well, yeah, we do maybe, see a young version maybe. of... Uh, of Thunderbolt Ross. So, and I have a Thunderbolt maybe, Ross theory when we talk about Falcon Winter Soldier. Maybe we wouldn't be having these what ifs if they would just release the damn movie. <laughs> At this point, I don't even care if they release the movie. I'm after after Falcon Winter Soldier, give me Shang-Chi. Like I'm ready to get some more like martial art action. Give me Shang-Chi and we'll talk no more, more about that later too. Yeah, I don't care about Black Widow. Like I'm I'm all about post Thanos earth like it's so interesting to me there's so many dynamics to it that like I want to know I want to know what space is like post Thanos because if earth is a mess space is a fucking mess yeah didn't the snap like go throughout like the, the whole universe. universe or whatever yeah, yeah the whole universe the whole 616 because that's what their universe is well, I feel like that's what Captain Marvel would explore and maybe yeah. like the scrawl show the secret war show thing yeah. they're doing yeah so we're gonna see but should we, we got a lot to discuss. Oh, also, wait, wait. Tell the people about what you've been watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, what I got, doing? what? what is this, six? <laughs> Look at that list, pages. ladies and gentlemen. 
Yeah, like uh, you can't really see because of the scratch writing, but I have like the name of a movie that I haven't seen, wanted to see, and where to where to find it, whether it's streaming site or uh, rent. So yeah, don't you have link? Through. Like if it's long or short for your ass? <laughs> uh, I have marks for foreign language because like the burning, burning yeah. with a, a Stevie wins in there. Um, and you got some uh, after our actor conversation with Toshiro Mifune, you got a bunch of Toshiro Mifune in a character style. Yep. That too. Well, tell yeah. people some of some of the favorites that you've watched that like I that I've talked about on this show for a while that you've couldn't talk about because you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, um, the ones in particular is like Prisoners. Prisoners was really great. Um, We're definitely doing that on Run It Back. Yeah, I um, and because I watched Prisoners, I wanted to make sure I watched the other Denis Villeneuve movie I hadn't seen. I watched Enemy. Enemy's not know. bad. How do you feel about Enemy? Enemy was something that I needed to... Uh, it was one of those things where I wish I had like someone to bounce off and discuss with. So I had to go to the internet afterwards to try and like better understand what up. it was that I, what it was that I had just watched. Because like once I, because at the end of it, I was just like, wait, what is this, this, this. And then, like, I, and then like, I'm reading about like what Denis Villeneuve was trying to put, do with this movie and, you know, gives you a better understanding of it. I tweeted, I was like, I wish I could watch this movie with like a Denis Villeneuve commentary mm, to the un- understand play. like you should look for that there probably is a director there probably is if, if I get the DVD um, yeah. watch Gone Girl which I thought was phenomenal mm, uh, great movie last I, I could say I arguably Pike height I could say that. arguably that's the last great Ben Affleck movie uh yeah I wouldn't know like I think that might be the last wait hold on besides the just... Snyder Cut yeah of course I mean you know <laughs> But like this, like the Snyder Cut, we love. But like Gone Girls on a different level. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you. I think this might be the last, like legit, the last great Ben Affleck movie. Hold on, let me his IMDb. Well, you know, it might be one of his greatest movies anyway. Like in general, oh, it definitely is. Okay, so yeah. all right. Oh wait, the only movie he has after Gone Girl that I really love is The Accountant. I love The Accountant. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen, to put that put, on there. Yeah, put that on the list. Uh, cause there's Triple Frontier. I don't count that. Triple seen Frontier. that trash. Yeah, I'm not. You know, people love Triple Frontier. Like the community. No, there's, there's a subset of people who do like Triple Frontier. Bro, there's a community of people that love Triple Frontier, and nine times out of ten, they're the same people that love Extraction. And I'm just like, but y'all want to shit on Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> make it make sense. Speaking speaking of Tenet, Inception was another movie that I watched. Did you like um, it? You finally saw it. Crazy, you didn't. I did it. like it, but I I did like it, but I didn't like it as much as Tenet. To me, I told you when so. we do when we do our Christopher Nolan, our top Christopher Nolan list, which I think we can do soon now because you. Yeah, I still have to watch The Prestige, so I have to watch that. Cool. I need to rewatch that too to uh, properly rank it. Have you watched Memento? And Memento, both on the list. You got to do that one before The Prestige, but to me. His best movies, Memento, number one. Uh, Dark Knight 2. Uh, uh, actually, no, scratch that. Tenet 1, this Dark is- Knight 2, Memento 3. Those movies yeah. are fucked. I, I love Tenet, man. I, I'll, I'll stand by Tenet till the day I die. That's how good that movie is. Yeah, Tenet, I mean, it, Inception reminded me a lot of Tenet, but I felt like the way that Tenet did in explaining everything was a little bit better. Than like where they explain things in Inception. Also, Inception. Um, now that I've seen uh, Paprika, the anime, Inception takes a lot of stuff from Paprika, man. Like scene, like actual scenes, like you know when the hallways go like flipping, like going like this. 
straight yeah, yeah. paprika. And you know what? Uh, but I mean, it made sense in the movie. I don't know true. why I, I they just think did he that took, paprika. He took a. I'm not gonna say he he plagiarized paprika, but he definitely took a lot, a lot of inspiration. Like the scene where Elliot Page is looking at the glass and she breaks it. Straight paprika. Um, let me see. Think of. Uh, what was that? Of Nocturnal Animals. That was the other Jill and Hall. How did you how did you feel about I like Nocturnal Animals more than Enemy? Uh, after knowing what Enemy is all about, I probably like Enemy better. Ooh, okay. But, um I just can't hate Nocturnal. on Michael Michael Shannon, Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal, and ATJ, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Which oh, yeah, Aaron I mean, Taylor Johnson really was cast. crazy in that movie. It's probably my favorite performance I've seen from Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm, honestly, at the after the end of that movie, I was like, "Why did Michael Shannon win the Oscar for this?" And why? I'm sorry. Why did Aaron Taylor but, Johnson not beat him? And why did Aaron Taylor Johnson not get cast in the Batman as a villain or as Batman, showing his visceralness? Yeah, but, um, well, I would say the same thing about Jake Gyllenhaal at this point because I mean, like, you know, Schubert. Jake Gyllenhaal. And D- Detective Loki, man, like is the. You remember when I? Okay, now you're on the same page as me. When I, when we were talking about uh, Mysterio casting, and I was pissed on this show, and you're like, no, no, no. I was like, you haven't seen him as Detective Loki. That is fucking Bruce Wayne. Like he could do it, man. God, Jake Gyllenhaal should have been Batman, and Ryan Gosling should have been Green Lantern. And I, and I will say, they, or Barry Allen. Two things they fucked up. After watching Prisoners, I'm like. Hugh Jackman probably should have made our lists. Yeah. And um, and Paul Dano should have, we should have mentioned him in honorable mentions. Because, I mean, See, damn, he's good. Yeah, Paul Dano definitely should have been mentioned in honorable mentions. But my thing with Jackman, I don't know if Jackman has enough movies like Prisoners to be on the list. He should have definitely been honorable mentioned, but... We'll see. Like, if we were fans of Les Mis, then, like, we would have Les Mis on there. And The Greatest uh, Showman. And The Greatest Showman. Uh, you know having an iconic character as big Wolverine, as Wolverine true. kind of pushed Logan, you over the edge. But he got, he got a good one in Logan. So, yeah, but you know, uh, I was we looking for multiple movies and I don't know if he has multiple. I'm trying to think real quick. What else? But I definitely watched. think Russell Crowe should have made our list. Cause I know we're big fans of LA confidential. And I rewatched that over the, like the last week since the last show. And that movie's fucking incredible, man. I watched uh, the American werewolf in London today. Ooh, how was that? It was just all right. Uh, um, I don't know. I was also really tired when I watched it, so maybe I didn't give it the full, full deal. Attention. But I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, like for a 1981 movie, like I feel like the tran- transformation scene is like real ahead of its time. I, I um, bro, I think the 80s might be my least favorite era for movies. It depends. It depends on the kinds of movies. Like I feel like uh, the 80s really excelled in like coming of age movies, and, and that in like. I mean, act like straight up action movies. Like, watch. I'm about the '80s movies list because, like, um, we, we need. To, I'm just. I just want to see some just real quick while I, because I. Uh, we need to do a genre, uh, era list because the '80s might be one of the week. Like the Batman's in it. Oh, Akira's in it, which is big. Scarface, but like outside of that, you're missing a lot of good, good. Stuff. Like the Breakfast Club is in the '80s, which you're talking about, like coming of age, Spaceballs trading places okay there's some good stuff in the 80s maybe i'm tripping yeah um let's see other movies Heather's- i watched uh i watched this rom-com with josh dumel in it called win a date with tad hamilton <laughs> was that good it's pretty funny it's got him uh kate bosworth uh topher grace doing that pretty for funny. your uh for your act for our actress list i see kate bosworth 
Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's actress list. Um, and t- today also I watched The Green Mile. Oh, classic with Mike R.P. Mike have, have Duncan. You, have you seen that? Not in a long time. When I saw it when I was young, so I didn't. I don't feel the ramifications of it. I just remember uh, seeing the scene where him walking to go die. It's a good movie, man. It's Tom a Hanks, really man. good movie. Tom Hanks. Yeah. I, but I mean, more so for me, I, I really liked Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, Michael I mean, Clark that's Duncan. why he won or was yep. nominated. I don't remember if he won or if it was I just a nomination. He was, I think he won. I, I know I for a fact right. he was nominated. I think you're right. I think he was nominated. Clark Which it was deserved. I mean, like, he probably should have won. The crazy f- fact that I found out about that was um, Bruce Willis called the director of the green mile it was like and at this time bruce willis is a big star and he had just come off doing uh, armageddon with mm. michael clark duncan and he was like hey michael clark duncan would be perfect for this role i know like he's not like anybody in hollywood right now but you should cast him i'm trying to see oh here, wait okay it was 1999 and michael clark duncan was nominated with michael kane tom cruise jude law and Haley joel osmond and michael kane won for the cider house rules oh bro Boo, Michael Clark. That's on my was, list. If this would have been a 2020 thing, Michael Clark Duncan would if this would have been anything after 2008 when the Oscars started to like really get good, Michael Clark Duncan would have won. Because he's the Maybe best so. supporting on that list besides Tom Cruise and Magnolia, which should be on your list too. I think it is. Nice. So basically, I got a lot of Tom Cruise on there because after our actors list where I didn't know any Tom Cruise good to, movies. Bro. You had to. Collateral. Uh, all the president, all the, uh, all, the, all the men. A few good men. Which a few good men. Yeah, you got to watch a few good men. That movie's fucking great. Uh, yeah. But nice. I'm excited to see the progression of your list. Uh, each before each week, we'll definitely get up updates on what you watch. So yeah, I mean, I'm getting through one to two a day. So I need to make me a list of movies that I need to watch. I'm gonna do that too. It, and start this exercise. It, it, it takes it, it takes a lot of time. Let me tell you. I know. Because I mean, I, I, you, you go through lists. Like I went through the IMDb 250. Uh, I went through. I, I went through every Oscar-nominated film from 1970 to ooh. to now, just to I'm, make sure I, that I caught. Yeah, them. I'm gonna start at 70. You're but right. I, but I, but I, and along with that, like I look at it, and I'm like, okay, I haven't seen this, but would I ever care to even watch this? And like, is is it like high enough rated, or does it have like a performance that I need to see or? Like, so I you need like, to let me give you some my 50s. due diligence. You need to let me give you some 40s, 50s, and 60s movies to put on there, like Citizen Kane. You have to watch that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's on there. Vertigo with uh Jimmy Stewart. There's some Jimmy Stewart yeah, movies. Yeah, I, I hung back watch. on some of the Jimmy Stewart stuff because I was just like, let me get through this stuff, and yeah. you know, maybe I'll get to the, the Jimmy I'm Stewart a, I'm stuff. I'm gonna give you some like uh, uh Who Shot Liberty Valance, Vertigo, Rear Window. You have to watch though. Like Rear Window changed the game in terms of like what Alfred Hitchcock did as a director and when we talk about our best directors list which will be after the best actresses list a while, like maybe like a month from now Alfred Hitchcock has to be top 10 because of yeah. everything that he set up for other people and Rear Window is like a big movie that does that that has to go on your list and that was something that ended up making me go through a bigger rabbit hole and writing this list was like I would get directors. to a director and I'm like oh well let me like go through and see like their works and, you know, and maybe I'm glad not, like, you making... caught up on Denis Villeneuve because we always talk about him being it's him and Nolan that are running movies right now. And like after seeing one of his biggest, which is prisoners, 
Now you understand, like Prisoner, Sicario, Enemy, and Arrival. I haven't seen Sicario. It's the one that I'm so missing, but I had and it's on there. But I've seen Arrival and uh, Enemy and Prisoners, Prisoners and uh, and Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Like, think about that run, dude. Has been on an, an incredible run with Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner, and now Dune. Those are his oh. first six movies. That is crazy. I remember another one, Total Recall. Uh, which one? The uh, the, the the Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh, okay, I thought you watched the um, what's our what's our guy? Miami Vice. Uh, Penguin, Jamie Fox. Penguin. Oh. Uh, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell has a, a Total Recall. Oh no, I didn't watch that. I watched the <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger one, where it's like, I got five kids, man. <laughs> well, dope. I'm glad to hear you have this list going. I know the fans are going to be interested. And this opens up more movies for running back now. So I'm excited for that. But Shuby, we got a lot to discuss, a lot I'm excited to discuss. So whenever you're ready, brother, we can get started. All right, let's get started. So filmmaker Jordan Voigt Roberts, who most works recently worked on Kong Skull Islander. That was like his best known work. Yep. He's set to direct and produce a live action adaptation of the wildly popular popular anime series Gundam for Legendary and Netflix. Here Netflix. we go again with Netflix. Netflix. Look, I'm I'm gonna look into the camera for this. Netflix, please, please give us something for Cowboy Bebop so I can say yes, you can make anime, or no, I don't think you can. Like, I'm so sick of. One Piece, Black Clover, My Hero, Naruto, uh, Cowboy Bebop. There's so many things you have announced in live action anime that we have no results from. You don't want to give us a trailer for Bebop, yet I'm supposed to believe Jordan Voigt Roberts is going to make a great Gundam series? Like, Gundam is supposed to be, I understand people think Gundam is this mech thing, which it is, but Gundam is an intriguing political drama. Like Gundam is like a political war drama about these different factions and like this 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 battle between Earth and like the colonies, the space colonies. And for secondly, if you're not putting a, a hundred thousand million, a hundred million dollars in this minimum, it's not going to look good. Yeah, I mean, I think the issue that some people have with uh, these anime adaptations, especially one that have with mechs. Is that they're too transfixed on the fights when, like, some of the best parts of Gundam or like Neon Genesis is like the the band, the the conversation, and and Robotech too. Like, just just the people and the characters and like the world that they're living in is just super interesting. So, they have to put a lot. This, first off, if this is a movie, how are you going to tell the Gundam story in three hours? There's no fucking way. So, if it's a TV show, how much money are you putting into this? Like, that's my thing. If Unless it's animated, which I which it's not, like, I don't understand how a live-action Gundam's gonna work. I really don't. Like, it should, because for Pacific Rim, it sh- but, like, that's a movie. Again, if you're not putting $100 million in the Gundam, it's not gonna look good. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I haven't seen Pacific Rim in a while to remember, but the movements are different, you know? Pacific Rim was very clocky. It was like That's what I'm a saying. starter rope. Like Gundam is like a human, legitimately. Yeah, so it's just yeah. I, I can understand why they got someone who worked on the oh, King Kong so stuff because he's good uh, at CGI. But, but like, is but yeah, he good man, at the storytelling. Like, well, I it was mean, just Kong one of those. Island that, was a good story. Yeah. So yeah, I would know. argue that the Kong stuff's pretty compelling, but 
the the thing about this is when I saw this story, I'm like, man, like I just don't know if like this is the one that I really feel confident in right right this moment. Yep, and I, I like I said, there's anime that I feel people need to adapt. And Netflix is picking the wrong ones. That's yeah. why I'm just like Amazon. Yo, there's this thing called uh, Black Lagoon, HBO. There's this thing called Black Lagoon. There's this thing called Trigon. There's animes that I think can be made. Samurai Shampoo. There's things that can be made without powers, without these crazy mechs that have huge fan bases that you should make. Monster is HBO should make a limited series about Monster. Like it, it, it would be incredible. I just yeah, don't know why it's Amazon who picked up Promise Neverland, right? Yep. Yeah, and see, I think like they're going to do it right. That's one that can be mm-hmm. done. Like Promise Neverland is a thriller. Granted, you'll have demons in the second season, but I mean, we we've seen America. But, I mean, you could see yeah. demons. Yeah, you can CGI demons exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. This is just Gundam. It seems like Netflix just keeps picking based upon popularity and not based upon story and what can actually work. Well, I mean, you know, Cowboy Bebop wasn't a bad choice. It's just we just don't know, like, if what oh, they've no, been Bebop, doing. Cowboy Bebop is the best choice they've made. I'm talking about yeah. One Piece, Naruto, Gundam. Now that you've seen One Piece and you're deep in it, deep enough to know everything that comes, how are they going to make that? How? I don't know how you. I don't know how you do Luffy. I don't know how you do Buggy. I'm just talking about people in the first few arcs. I, I don't know how you do uh, Chopper. The, I don't know how you do Crocodile. <laughs> I mean, like. Like or or Mr. Two with the with the with the blades on that his arm his body turns into knives. Yeah, I mean or it, let's it, let's stay in the first one, Miss Golden Week, or the fucking burrow, the man that burrows under underground. No, I like, can see that one. The mole lady? One. Yeah, I can see the mole lady. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. What I, about I her friend? The big fat baseball guy. Like I can see that one too. But uh, I mean it's just like some of your essentials. Any like even before you get to uh what's oh man. Scott Pia with Enel? As, uh, what's the, uh, where Crocodile's at? Oh, Alabasta. Alabasta, yeah. Yeah, man, even before you get to Alabasta, I'm talking about, like, you know, how are you going to do the Chop Chop or Buggy? Like, there's just no way. Reverse, Um, reverse island. Like, them going into the Grand Line. If you're not at, if you're not going to, like, go to, like, some real location with water, like, it's going to be hard to CGI that. It's going to cost money. Well, and then, like, I just feel like they're going to, glance over things like i feel like laboon is just going to be an afterthought which really makes brooks joining the crew make less sense and it's just like and how many seasons are you going to do of that there's so many episodes of that show how much yeah, money are you putting like in? that's why i'm only thinking about up to alabasta because like that's really like the that's, that's the it. netflix portion <laughs> so i feel like that's like what netflix would would mm-hmm. uh would would work for but i mean even that i feel like is two three seasons like luffy's gonna be so hard to do like that stretch like i know we understand mr fantastic but like fantastic four never did his powers the best the, the person that always looked best in those fantastic four movies was johnny storm in the thing sue storm and mr fantastic never looked good in those movies i'm trying to remember the flash cw series which you know isn't necessarily anything oh, really with, uh, look towards. you're talking about with the with the holly uh, guy mm-hmm I don't remember good. whether or not that looked good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah, but, it's, gonna um, be, it's gonna be difficult. But word Gundam. Let's yeah, let's move on. Uh, Lucy Liu has joined Shazam: Fury of the Gods as the villain Calypso, the sister of Helen Mirren's villainous character Hespera. Nice. So another character that really has no comic ties, but does have mythology ties, being Atlas's daughter. So you can only imagine that Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are going to be the the people that have 
that the Shazam group has to go up against. I'm glad that they're doing more than one villain because obviously Shazam's going to fight the main, but like we need more you know, Freddy man. and some of the other people to have. I some... think we're going to get more gods because it's the fury of gods, plural. I think we're going to yeah. get more. I wouldn't be surprised if Ares makes an appearance again. Like if they if they start pulling from that well of Wonder Woman like characters. And like I said, this was my prediction. They're not going to get a Superman cameo, but a Wonder Woman cameo would be perfect for this movie. That's true. Wonder Woman cameo would work. Or Aquaman. Um, and, well, and the other thing I was going to say is Black Adam comes out before this. Yep. So Black Adam could be in this movie post credit yeah. or at some point in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. So, but Lucy um, Liu, Helen Mirren, both great names to see for DC. This is the type of actors that I want to see DC get. We got Pierce Brosnan for Dr. Fate. Now we got Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren as villains in a DC movie. Let's go, man. Let's go. Shazam movie of all DC's thing, going in the right direction, people. And I know people are like, we want to restore the Snyderverse. No, I do not. Like, I want to see all of this amazing new shit that's coming. Yeah. The only thing that needs to be saved from that era is Wonder Woman. I mean. Yeah. And Jason Momoa's Aquaman. That's fine. We'll keep it. And I and I, w- I would love Ray Fisher to come back, but I don't think that's happening. Like, I love yeah. the Cyborg, but I just don't see that happening anymore. Yeah, it's not on Ray Fisher. That's on That's everybody on else. Brother. Yeah, facts, facts. Uh, but the next story we got is Phoebe Waller-Bridge is joining the cast of Indiana Jones 5. I, I, that's a big name coming on to Indiana Jones, but I will hesitate to say, don't take adding a big name as a huge positive because Kate Blanchett, who <laughs> will arguably both be on our top 25 actress our list. Our top 10 list, too. Like top, top 10. 10. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, Kate Blanchett was in the it's Crystal Skull. Actress. So, I yeah. mean, like... Yeah. Hold the ball, but shout out to Phoebe Waller Bridge, man. Her and Donald Glover doing that Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing, Fleabag's killing. She's cashing in on her Fleabag stuff right now. She got the juice. Sure, yeah. I mean, this is a big name to add to your group, and I also feel like she would fit the period, right? I feel like she and it just look, makes looks the part. It give like you said because Kate Blanchett was in Crystal Skull, and people were like, Crystal Skull didn't turn out good. At least it gives some clout to this new movie. Like, oh. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she hasn't made anything bad yet. We trust her. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, dope. All right, that's cool. Let's get to the trailers. Let's start off with the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which kind of, su- it kind of surprised me. It's still Ryan Reynolds doing his shtick, but I kind of like his shtick with Samuel L. Jackson, so I'm going to watch this movie. I like the first Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all right. Seems like you're hating just, on this. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just tired of Ryan Reynolds doing the same old, same Ryan old. Reynolds like, I mean, yeah. It wasn't always like that for him. You know, it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> Deadpool, it, it changed. I guess so. But I mean, yeah. like, he was he was in, like, some seriously good movies before that. But, so. like, if you look at look at everything after, watch, I'm about to pull up his, his IMDb, Ryan Reynolds. Everything after Deadpool has been the the Deadpool the stick. Yeah, it really has. Like, let's let's look and see. So we got, okay, so Deadpool comes out in 2016. I did not see Criminal. Maybe not Criminal. Yeah, I did not see Criminal. And I haven't I didn't, seen that, but. Yeah, so Criminal, I cannot say. But The Hitman's Bodyguard, Family Guy, Deadpool 2, uh, fucking P- Detective Pikachu, Fast uh, and the Free Furious. Guy, which hasn't come out yet. Free guy from the trailer. We see it. Fast and the Furious, his cameo. He's doing his shtick. Six Underground is the shtick. So, I mean, everything after Deadpool has been the stick. But like you said, some of the stuff before Deadpool was pretty cool. Self- selfless. Um, uh, Ted. Uh, well, Safe House. Um, 
I don't. I didn't think he was bad in Green Lantern. Um, Adventureland. Well, some of his rom com work was good too. Just Friends and The Proposal are actually really solid movies. Smoking Aces. Um, Smoking Aces. Yeah, definitely. Maybe is another rom com that is an all timer that he was in. The only other time uh, the shtick was there was Blade Trinity, but it was dialed back. It was dialed back a lot. Yeah, and you know, I played a lot of small roles in a lot of nice movies too. So yeah, so. But I'm I'm gonna watch this. Like I said, I like the first one. I like that Selma Hayek is switching roles with uh, Samuel Jackson. So I think that'll be cool. You know, we'll see. But the next trailer we got is Army of the Dead. J, uh, Batista, um, Zach uh, Zach Snyder coming back. This looks interesting. Question mark. I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm it looks all right. This I mean, more so than like a man's wife body. It's Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, that's fine. This is exactly where it's supposed to be. I mean, it reminds me of like extraction and all that. Yeah, I don't know. This, you know, whatever. All these trailers this week are mad to trash. And then the last one, even though Fast and the Furious, it had me going, ooh, ah, the fact at the end, I see Tyrese in Ludacris in a makeshift spacesuit driving to space. I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing? Also, the magnets with the car. What the fuck are we doing? Would have been it, cool movie, movies ago. Like, John, I understand. Okay, so The Rock took over your franchise, so you kicked him out. Now you got John Cena doing the same thing. It's just like, can this be it? Can this be the last one? This seems like the uh, Infinity War uh, for Fast, because you have Charlize Theron coming back as the Thanos. You got everybody literally there but Hobbs and Shaw, which does not make sense. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather have another Hobbs and Shaw movie than any other Fast movie. I thought that movie Hobbs and Shaw was fine. Yeah, we talked like about it on the podcast. I, th- I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was exciting. I just don't know how Shaw's mom in this, but Shaw's not there. That doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever. And then I'm not watching Vin this. Diesel. They got. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna watch it because we're gonna try. No, I'm not. I'm, what are you talking about? I, I haven't seen a Fast movie since Fast Two. Oh no, you're. We're watching the. If they go to space. We are reviewing that on this podcast. Well, then I got to watch all the other ones because I don't know be what the hell is going on. You better be ready. You know, I've got to even got to watch Tokyo Drift. Yeah, you do because Bow Wow and the guy's back. <laughs> uh, no. I'm telling you, this is the Infinity War of Fast and the Furious. You're watching this. They're going to space. I cannot fucking believe it. And they even make fun of it in the trailer where Tyrese was like, first we started with cars, then it became motorcycles, then it became tanks. And I don't even want to talk about the submarine. They're making fun of them. So I'm just like, yo, I can't deal. I can't deal Fast and Furious. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> All right, let's move to the world of DC. They are now casting for Sinestro and we have what they're looking for. Uh, they want a male, his 40s, any ethnicity. Uh, basically he's the greenest of all green lanterns sinestro is akin to a warrior monk the personification of grace under pressure he serves as a strategic commander of the of the core and all of the lanterns follow his orders without question although he's revered for his unmatched willpower and wisdom a darker destiny uh, belays his zen demeanor so that tells me season one we're gonna get good sinestro season two he still might be good or like towards the end of season two, he's going to start to go bad. They're going to build this, which I like. You can't have Sinestro be good It's in the beginning of season one and then by the end have him as the villain and make me believe the switch. You know what I mean? Like they have to build to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, I was actually surprised that I was 40s. I thought it would mm. maybe be someone that would be a little younger. Not like sense. 20s, but then, yeah. I mean, that's fine. You know, I think that I'm just trying to think about the pool. 
you know, um, who could be it, a 40-year-old actor between 30s and 40s? Yeah, I don't know. And then you got to think it's got to be like TV level, kind of. And I'll, I'll be able to say who I think should be Sinestro when we find out who the other Lanterns are. Like, we don't have casting for the main people, like Guy Gardner, uh, Alan Scott, and um, the other people that they have being in, Jessica Cruz, Simon Bass. I think we need to know that before we decide. Yeah, quick, quick research has a few names that I think are interesting. Uh, first one is uh, I know Luke, Luke Evans. Evans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Luke Evans just looks like Sinestro. I wouldn't be mad at that. He does. Uh, the one that I kind of like is Hugo Weaving. Ooh. Especially if we're going for an older guy. I do like Hugo Weaving. I like that a lot. He's been all the and then, And the other one would be Vigo. Mm, I don't think Vigo would do it. Not see, I feel like show. I would like to see Hugo Weaving. Last thing I remember seeing Hugo Weaving in was uh, Mortal Engines. Oh, Mortal, you're right. Mortal Engines. Yep. He was the villain. And I thought he did pretty good. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm like the only person in the world who like Mortal <laughs> Engines. So. I, I, I was 50-50 on it. But I, I, think, I think Hugo could do it. Hugo's been all the great villains, so We'll see. Also, Warner Media has come out and said they're embracing Disney's strategy with like Marvel, and they really like how they're doing Marvel and TV and Star Wars with their TV properties. And the company is really prepping to fuse the TV universe and the movie universe and have things interchange with the Gotham series. It's not going to be like the Gotham on Fox. No, it's directly tied into the Robert Pattinson film, and we may even see Robert Pattinson or Alfred or some of those people from the movie in the series. Definitely going to see Jim Gordon. Also, uh, this also includes Peacemaker with uh, the John Cena stuff that's going to be out in January. So I'm super, super excited about how the DC universe is really mixing their TV and the movies. That even puts more pressure on the Flash movie to make sure they get this multiverse shit right. Yeah, I mean, I think that really goes into the mind of the people who are going to get cast in these roles in the future, like considering uh, Zatanna, Batgirl, Static Shock. Like mm-hmm. those are people that are probably going to pop up again in some yep. of these other works, especially Batgirl and Zatanna. Batgirl's right? huge. Like, and you got to cast because this is we're getting the DCP, the uh, GCPD. We're going to get more Jeffrey Wright. You have to get a Batgirl that will work. And I have a pitch for you right now. Or should I save it when we do our casting what if? Should I save it? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do the casting what ifs later, then we should save it. Yeah, I'm going to save know, it. Obviously, with Jeffrey Wright, I feel like, you know, you have to you have to think black actress. And know? I got, I have one. Just wait. I got one for us. And she's a redhead. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to continue later when we do that. But I'm excited for this TV stuff. It just shows that DC's on a new path. And another reason why I don't want the Snyderverse. And I trust HBO. And Sarnoff is in charge now. It's no longer any of those racist people. So I'm, I'm rocking with Ann. Dope. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm excited for that. You know, I'm definitely doing some Sinestro fan casting when we get off. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right, next up, we got Kevin James is set to play the New Orleans Saints head coach, Sean Payton, in Netflix's new movie, Home Team. It will be produced by Adam Sandler's Happy Madison Productions. Home Team will, uh, story will begin in 2012 when Peyton was suspended by uh, the NFL for Bounty Gate. In order to reassess his life and put some things in perspective, Peyton becomes the offensive coach for Liberty Christian Warriors, his son's sixth grade football team in Dallas. Uh, Peyton has already read the script and has made some con- corrections in Correction. filming should begin later this year. Peyton spoke to ESPN and believes this movie will have some humorous Adam Sandler spin on the real story and will be more inspired by the tale and then an exact retelling. He also said the idea came after his daughter, Megan, reported the true story to uh, to her boyfriend, Christopher T- Titone, 
who is Sandler's brother-in-law and an actor who works with Happy Madison. After discussing the idea with Sandler, he gave the go-ahead and entrusted to Tone to help produce the script. I think Sean Payton said the pay, uh, the Sandler stuff in case it's trash because he knows Adam Sandler and Happy, Happy Madison don't put out good movies. <laughs> Sean's like, I don't want no shit movie told about my life. I'm just saying it was inspired by. It's not a retelling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like this movie gets made ex- without that familial connection. I don't like the fact that Kevin James is fucking Sean Payton. Eh, whatever. I feel like there's other people that would have been a better Sean Payton than Kevin It had James. to be a happy Madison person. True. You're right. Oh, man. Who in it? And I don't want David Spade. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I guess Kevin James is the best option. Are you Are, are you excited for this movie? I mean, it's not really the champagne story I want to hear, but no, so I, I, I'd probably watch it if it was on Netflix. I'm only going to watch it because it involves the Saints. It doesn't really, though. True. Well, only, I'm only going to watch it because it involves Sean Payton. Let me see. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like they're going to have him screaming early and then he's going to find his Zen ways. And then at the end, we're going to see some Saints stuff if they're allowed to even use it, which I don't know if the NFL is going to let them. But we're going to see. So, you know, that's that. Uh, next up, just a small story I got. Warrior has been renewed for season three and will release on HBO Max exclusively. No more Cinemax. It's a, it's a show. The, everybody been watching it on HBO Max. Thank you. Now we need to watch The Nick so Steven Soderbergh can come back and make some more with Clive Owen. And we need to watch um, Unless It Ended Ended, which I think it might have. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Starr's first show which is Banshee. That's where they got Tony Starr from. He was a cop on this show called Banshee. Schubert, it's incredible. Banshee oh, and yeah. Warrior. I've been watching Banshee. Oh, I'm, I love it. I love it. I love it. You need to watch Warrior because Warrior is incredible. And the star of Warrior, Andrew Koji, should have been Spike Spiegel. Like 100%. If you, look, right. up, if you look up Andrew Koji right now and look at Warrior and look how he looks and in, in, in you can't see Spike Spiegel, you tripping and i think it's more so than lewis tan i think it's more so than henry golding i really think netflix just was like oh we better cast an asian actor so the people aren't upset and they just didn't do their due justice because andrew koji looks like spice people and he looks right. badass and he does martial arts like ugh. but warrior season three i'm hyped yeah i need to check that out. i've heard things about it and when i saw i actually did see that it was getting renewed or whatever but i hadn't i didn't even know that you watched it Yep, I love. I'm on. I'm at, I'm almost through with season one, about to start season two. All right. Uh, well, next story we got is uh, Michael Sarah. He's going to star opposite Amy Schumer in an upcoming Hulu comedy series, Life and Beth. Okay. The show received a ten episode order in in July 2019 as part of the first look deal Schumer signed with Hulu. She will serve as the writer, director, and executive producer and star of the series. In the show, uh, Beth, who's played by Schumer. Uh, her life looks pretty great on paper, impressive to everyone she grew up with. She makes a good living as a wine distributor. She is in a long-term relationship with an attractive, successful guy and lives in Manhattan. When a sudden incident forces Beth to engage with her past, her life changes forever. Through flashbacks to her teen self, Beth starts to learn how she became who she is and who she wants to become. Sarah is in this show will play the role of John, a farmer and chef who is always honest and to the point. I imagine someone that she works with in the wine distributing business. Yep. Or in someone she might end up getting with after she fixes her life. 
Uh, hopefully, it, hopefully Amy Schumer doesn't steal any ideas for this because <laughs> she was stealing jokes. And that's why it took her so long to come out with something new. Shout out to uh, shout out to Joe Rogan and everybody in the comedy world calling her out for it. She was playing. I mean, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not an Amy Schumer fan, so I think this is going to be trash. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not an Amy Schumer fan either. And this sounds like all of her movies. This sounds like Trainwreck. This sounds train like wreck, yeah. all the movies she makes. So, you know, but Michael Sarah, please do better stuff and come back to the mainstay. I'm just not a fan of like someone like Amy Schumer, who like I wouldn't say is a big Hollywood star doing something where she's they're the writer, director, to, and executive producer. They're trying to you make know? her the, the big star. Like, that's the that's thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would be better for her. I would trust this show more if she was just a star. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, example, maybe, maybe a co-writer. There's someone who is doing similar to what she's doing, but she doesn't direct all her stuff. She may write it and produce, and that's why I feel like some of her stuff comes out better. She may have duds here and there, but she always has something good on the horizon. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Melissa Oscar McCarthy. winning Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy has a way different career than Amy Schumer, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did start up in stand up, but I mean, like, uh, she got made her career build up on Gilmore Girls. Oh, as, like, I was gonna say, character. I, I was gonna say Bridesmaids was her big break before that. I mean, true. even before Bridesmaids, she was on Gilmore Girls, so that's true, that's true. But Bridesmaids um, was the thing that made her like a movie that was her, yeah, that was her movie star thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like her breakout. But um Yeah, I'm not hype on this. Whatever, Amy Schumer. The next two stories I have are uh, I wouldn't say both sports related, but have sports in them. Uh mm-hmm. the first one is called College Bowl. Ooh. It's a quiz show that challenged college students and aired on broadcast TV for more than a decade. It's making a comeback on NBC as a series starting in June. Okay. Peyton Manning will host the program and will be assisted by his brother Cooper. Nice. Good. Get, for Cooper. Uh in each show, teams of three representing some of the nation's top schools must work together to answer questions on a wide variety of subjects. The two top schools advance to the final where they compete head-to-head for the Capital One College Bowl trophy and a scholarship to put toward their education. The participating schools include Alabama, Auburn, Columbia, Michigan, Minnesota, Ole Miss, Morehouse College, Tennessee, USC, UCLA, Virginia, and Xavier of Louisiana. Nice. Nice. I'm glad they got an HBCU. I If I had to put my money on it, Alabama and Auburn are going to get smoked. Columbia, Morehouse, and Xavier are going to win it. Or, uh, side note, or it may be USC. Or one of the, or one of the Californias. Yeah. Either USC, USC or UCLA. Or UCLA. But it, uh, all the Southern schools, University of Michigan, University of Minnesota, Ole Miss, Tennessee, they're getting smoked. Smoked. So this sounds like uh, MasterChef, but with Jeopardy. Like, this is a fusion that we're talking like, uh, like... Like on a, the Pitch It match. Yep, 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 oh, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Where, they, where people live together and they're doing a, a Jeopardy-style quiz thing where it's like a, a, a continuous competition. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm glad that they're bringing this in. I think having Peyton and Cooper Manning be involved uh, it's very makes it a little bit interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought this was a pretty cool story. And the other story that I have here is pretty cool as well. Tonight, uh, when we're recording this on uh, Wednesday for people, so it was probably earlier in the week for y'all, there was a game on ESPN, the Sixers and the Nets. Mm. And it was part of ESPN, um, their bet cast. Uh, so they aired the actual broadcast on ESPN. 
they aired the betcast on ESPN two. It went over prop bets, lines, talked about betting strategies. They're trying they to had, be bar stool. And they had a show come on before the game called the Daily Wager Special, mm. um, which went more further in depth on to all the bets. So now ESPN putting their putting and their uh, stock into the the gambling, trying to be bar stools. And this makes sense why every ESPN show today and every ESPN personality was bashing Kevin Durant in the Nets for not playing because they wanted him to play for this betcast thing. Ah, oh, it makes sense. Okay. That's why they were bashing the Nets today. It wasn't yeah. because they were concerned about rest. It's because they have this new, this new program. Okay. Which I think is real turning really turning the corner for sports betting and how we view sports on television. It's why I put so it in a yeah, you know, if, this is going to probably change the way of sports television in the future um, with will. professional sports. So, you know, look out for this. This is something that is not going away. Look, and also I think this is the start of multiple different streams of uh, one game. For example, sure. we're going to get a, it's coming. And I and I'm ready for it. A commentary of the game where it's going to be explicit commentary where people can curse and they can really talk how they feel about the game. You're going to get the traditional one, this betting one. And I definitely think an explicit version is coming. Yeah, I feel like that would be something that probably Barstool would take on. I mean, that's the only thing or, under their flag would work. But see, I think I think it's going to be something like where. HBO may do it. Might it may be HBO could do it? Yeah. Like I, like I'm, I'm thinking like you get like real like Stephen Jackson and like someone else who's like a like Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson doing a basketball. Paul Pierce, game. he's he, Paul he's Pierce, yeah, he's available. And Cam, Cam girls, I mean Cam Soda offered him to talk about sports while women are you know doing sexual acts <laughs> around him. So. You know, but this is going to this. I'm glad you put this in here because this is will be a, the start of how we're changing in television in as it relates to sports. Yeah. So, all right. Next up, we got Netflix has ordered the 39 steps, a limited series based on the 1915 John Bushin novel that will star Benedict Cumberbatch. The 39 steps has already been adapted several times, but most famously by Alfred Hitchcock in 1930, 1935, starring Robert Donnett and Madeline Carroll, uh, Bouchon's original spy thriller takes place just before the outset of World War I, centering on Richard Hannay, a man who becomes in possession of the key to a global conspiracy and goes on the run. Uh, it sounds like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch loves doing movies around World War I or World War II time. He's got the look. He's got the look. He loves it, man. He keeps getting it. This could be good, maybe. Depends on who's the showrunner. You know, Netflix is always hit or miss. You know, mm-hmm. the Netflix movie that you have in your movie on the rise today i feel like is one of their hits and we had mac memory earlier you know i feel like it it could go either way um Mm -hmm. i guess it would probably depend on who's behind behind it yeah that's the thing who's the director or the showrunner who's the Mm -hmm. writer all that stuff yeah this is a series so yeah the showrunner the writers yeah so i actually like that it's a series more so than a movie me too and it shows so, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is doing TV now again. TV streaming. Well, I, yeah, I understand. Even the streaming, like it's just iffy because it's a limited series. Like if he's not necessarily like putting his name onto like something that could like Sherlock long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, to me, a limited series is just a long movie. Like that's why 
with like Snyder. I mean, that was to me that was a limited series that they okay was put smushed together. I think he, but I, I I'm just saying that I think Benedict Cumberbatch now. After hearing this, I understand he doesn't want to be thrown, but I think now after hearing this, I'm not saying he will be thrown, but I'm thinking he's opening up to more of these interesting TV show ideas that could be limited to run, like maybe an HBO show, maybe an something he can show. something he can do that doesn't necessarily have a commitment. Yeah, more than like a year hard. and a half, two years of his life. So, yeah. but all right, next up we got younger creator Darren Starr has begun to develop a spinoff on his longest running show which would be centered around Hillary Duff's character, editor turn, publisher Kelsey Peters. The potential spinoff still remains in development and the stars enthusiastic about the possibility for a new series. The series spinoff would be set in Los Angeles rather than New York City where Younger is based off. The best way to describe it, it would be a female entourage with Kelsey as the lead. Okay, this sounds cool. I'll definitely sounds- check it out. Hillary Duff has uh- been waiting to do something like this. This was what her Lizzie McGuire spinoff was going to be. So good for her. That's exactly what I put in that notes. I never really saw Younger. It's a TV series that's been running since 2015. Me neither. Uh, seven seven seasons. They're doing their final season now. Um, it's about a woman who's in her 40s uh, who gets who who is pat who could be who could pass as a 20 year old, mm, and so okay. because people are mistaking her for young, being younger, she re she reinvents her life. Goes starts as an intern at a her dream job. And just pretends that she's a 26-year-old. Oh, Hillary Duff's um, already in this already. Okay. Well, yeah, Hillary Duff is a part of that show. And so, like, they would spin off and do Hillary Duff her. doing her own thing in Los, yeah, a- Los Angeles. And so, like, okay. the idea of a female entourage with Hillary Duff being a lead, I could really see that being something Happy. that I would be interested in. Oh, um, I'd watch it. Debbie, yeah. Mal- Debbie Salaz- Malzar is in this. Um the lady from a lot of Food Network shows, Goodfellas. Okay. I'm just looking yeah. at younger stuff right now. Debbie Ma- Ma- uh, and, excuse me. And younger, the final season is exclusive on Paramount Plus. So this could be a big for Paramount Plus. This would be like something that they could really hang their hat on. Okay. So. All right. Good for good for uh, Hillary Duff. I'm glad she's getting more work. An, an adult show. Yeah, she yeah. definitely wants an adult show. So good for her. All right. Next up, we got... The real Magic Mike competition series from Channing Tatum and Steven Soderbergh set at HBO Max. On the show, 10 men who've lost their magic, as the logline says, will compete for a cash prize in a spot in Magic Mike, the live show in Las Vegas. The rest of the logline says they will bear their souls and more as they evolve their bodies and learn the routines and develop a new level of self-confidence. Casting is underway. There Man, you go, I love competition shows, but this is one that I will not watch. <laughs> I'm not about no. to watch the male stripper competition show. I'm sorry. My girlfriend asked, what competition show would you not watch? And I was like, I watch anyone, any makeup, even like America's Next Top Model. I watch all that shit. I found one. I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> no, I was, I put this in here because I said casting's still underway. You know, you were trying to get on the circle. You know, maybe yeah. this is your shot. I'm not buff enough to be on Magic Mike, bro. You know, they're hey. big buff men. Well, no, they learn their routines and develop a new level of self-confidence and they bear their souls and evolve their body. So you could you know, evolve your body here. Maybe I could be like the hairy, the hairy guy, like the bear that people love, the, the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. All right. I might I might have to see if if if, if my if my lady would let me cast because I don't think she would if I'm stripping for a bunch of women. So, you know, I got to pass that by the old lady, but I'll see if I can I can give it a shot. 
hey, in uh, 2020 COVID filming, I doubt that there'd be many women there. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Which makes this show even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> if we're being it's real. Super weird. Like, who are the judges for this? Who are the judges? Channing Tatum and Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> Oh, my girlfriend's saying I can do it because I have a big ass. Get, get out of here. I'm going to pot. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, the next story we got, NBC has ordered two drama pilots for the 2021-2022 broadcast season. The first is an untitled project co-created by Nick Wooton and Jake Coburn. Um, the project is described as a high-stakes two-hander featuring two women. A recently captured brilliant criminal mastermind who orchestrates a number of coordinated bank heists with a serious purpose and the principled, relentless, and socially outcast FBI agent who will stop at nothing to foil her ambitious plan. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, if we want to talk about that for a second, it Crazy. seems pretty interesting. Yeah, cop drama, two ladies. It's going to be like basically eat good versus evil. I definitely check out the pilot for this. Uh, the second pilot is called Getaway. And it hails from writers and executive producers J.J. Bailey and Moira Kierlin. In Getaway, a destination wedding at an isolated luxury resort quickly descends into chaos after a group of dangerous criminals take the island hostage. A small group of guests led by a fearless female army vet will do anything they can to stay alive. I like the two, this is the one I'm the most interested in. You're more interested in the first one. Interesting. You're more interested in the second one. I'm more interested in the first one because the first one seems more procedural based with like a log line through. This one you gotta watch week to week, and I'm not interested in watching the getaway, like the the, the hostage show week to week. Explain it why depends. you why you for it. Uh, it just seems like the kind of uh, show that NBC would do pretty well. Mm. Um, that's fair. Yeah, you know, because they want to do they want to keep you in on a week to week kind of show. That's a fact. Like what they did with Manifest and stuff like that. You know, mm. I feel like this is something where like. You get the wedding, and then like you have these people, and then you get like the motivation behind these people, and, and you, you learn get, like, the flashbacks between the, like the the, the, the people. Yeah. You get flashbacks for the people that are at the island. You'll get flashbacks for the criminals, and like, and there'll be some twists that like, oh yeah, like this someone in the wedding was involved. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what? See, and you know, I can yeah. see why you did. I think both of these pilots are pretty interesting, though. I'll definitely check them out both out though. I'll definitely give both of them a shot, especially since they're probably gonna be on Hulu, huh? Or is it maybe on Peacock? Peacock. Oh, maybe. but Peacock, but Peacock for free will let you watch pilots. Okay, cool. Then yeah, I'll check out the pilot. Yeah. Uh, rising stars Jorge Lindenberg Jr. and Tosin Cole are in a negotiation with the lead New Lines reimagining of the 1990 cult comedy House Party. Spring Hill Company's LeBron James and Maverick Carter will produce Atlanta, Atlanta writing duo Stephen Glover and Jamal Alori wrote the script. I need to see who these people are real quick. So I need to look at their faces. You've you've seen them before. I've seen them both before. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've seen Joe Jorge Lindenberg. I'm guessing he's trying to play a kid. He's going to be the version of kid. Let's see. Oh, excuse me. Let's see who's going to be a uh, play. Let's see. Tosin Cole. Oh, I have seen both of these. Okay. All right. You know, I don't think we need a house party reboot, but LeBron's tapping into that nostalgia well. Did Space Jam. Now he's doing house party. Make some original content, Bron. Hit us up. Like, hit us up, bro. Stop doing remakes. I'm serious. Stop doing remakes. Nobody. House, part, house party is the one with the dude with the hair, right? Yeah, kid and play. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kid. The light skinned guy. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I've definitely seen House Party. Nah, we don't need a re- we don't need a reboot at all. So you know. I, I can totally see them doing it to the new age though. I mean, House Party is this quintessential '90s movie. Like they could really play it up to today's era. But I don't Snapchat, really trust Instagram. I don't trust. LeBron I mean, to do it. I don't trust all these adults to do that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The only person I like is Stephen Glover, but it's not Donald. Yeah. So it's like mm, we'll find out if he's good without his brother. True. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so the next thing we have up, uh, there's a Good Morning America interview today with former Bachelor Colton Underwood. Uh, he apparently is going to have his own reality show on Netflix. Um, what is that show about? Well, he came out on Good Morning America today as gay. So he was lying on The Bachelor the whole time? Uh, from what they said in the interview, he said that he is he bi he, or- he he thinks that he knew that he was gay his freshman year of high school, but because of being a Catholic, because of being a football player, because of uh, his upbringing, he didn't feel like he could uh, uh, go through that. Uh, he early in his career dated Allie Raceman. Uh, he you know was dating Tia from The Bachelor before they. You know, either of them got on to Bachelor Nation, and then he, you know, of course, had his relationship with Cassie from his season. And um, right. my thing, my thing on this is like, you know, good for Colton for being able to to come out, live yeah, his I'm truth, not, yeah, live your truth, but bro. At, but at the end of the day, why are we giving this man a Good Morning America interview when he has a restraining order for harassing his ex and stalking mm. her, and also having a history of doing that with his past exes too? This is not the kind of person that you need to build up. True. 100%. Regardless of what his new sexual orientation give a, is. Give a, give a, if you want to give a gay man a reality TV, you go, go find a, a, a good, wholesome gay man to give one to. Like 100%. Well, and I, someone a good who, person. And who someone can, who, like, you know, has always been upfront about it, too. Yeah. I mean, like, that was the one thing that... I can see you know, why the gay community would be upset with that, because it's like, are, is this because of the issues that, that it was going on with him, with all the stuff you said? Is this a publicity stunt? Are you really gay? Or are you using this to build up your to get back? Well, into I think the he's really gay. America, okay, real. I, th- I think he's really gay because there was definitely like hints of that early on in his deal, and like he even showed something on his season when Billy Eichner came on to his season. Billy Eichner was like, "You never know, Colton. You could be the first gay bachelor. I could see it." And mm. so, like, that was that was one thing that people were tweeting. It was like, "Oh, this aged well." And Billy Eichner even tweeted about that. He was like, "The way that Hollywood works now." Colton's more likely to win uh, a, a an award for you know a- gay actors than he is because of and see that's messed him up. Being, this is exactly my point. So like it's just I don't you know I'm not really a big fan of this whole oh, propping him up, yeah, propping Colton Underwood up regardless of his that's reveal. Right. Yeah, you know, prop, prop up Billy a, Eichner, man. He's been doing it for the gay community for a while. Shout out Billy on the street. Yeah, so, I love that show. And shout out uh, what's what's my guy uh, Billy Porter. Like there's there's a bunch of like gay actors in Hollywood that need to get the love Zachary Quinto before this guy, mm-hmm. or or get a no name and build some like just build up some wholesome person who's actually a good proponent of the gay community that they can that's a good representation of them the champion. Granted, neither of us are gay men, so we don't know how they feel about it. But I'm just you know we're trying to trying to stand up for them. So I feel it. Yep. Uh, the last story we have: Hugh Jackman and Laura Dern will star in the Sun from writer-director Florian Zeller in his follow-up to the Academy Award-nominated The Father, starring, uh, what's his name? 
Is it Anthony Hopkins? Oh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah Anthony Hopkins. In The Sun, Peter, who's played by Jackman, has a busy life with a new partner, Emily, and their baby. Um, and everything is thrown into disarray when his ex-wife, Kate, played by Laura Dern, turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas. Ooh, that sounds like it's going to be some drama. <laughs> I'm going to watch much. that. That sounds like a big hot mess. All right, cool. Shout out to you, Jackman. Shout out to Laura Dern, who's probably going to make maybe make our top actress list. Check out next week. But Schubert, it's that time of the show where we suggest one movie or TV show or multiple that's coming out this week or that has been out recently that we think you guys would be interested in. This segment's called Movie on the Rise. Schubert, I'll let you start us off. What what you got for the people this week? Um, I don't remember if I talked about it last week or whatever, but The Circle's back, so definitely check out The Circle. Um, And the other thing is is I... um, I did check out the Mighty Duck show. Ooh, okay. Was it good? And honestly, I mean, I feel like it has a lot Uh-oh. of the same heart, some hearts, as the originals. Like, okay. You know, I yeah, you know, I feel the vibes from the originals when I watch that, and I think that Lauren Graham does a really great job of being the mom. Oh, um, from Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you know, Emilio Estevez, I feel like is, you know, it feels like Gordon Bombay, and it. it it's you know where like uh, i think about the last jedi a lot and when you take a character who is from his past franchise and then bring him back into like the newer age he kind of has that luke old luke skywalker last jedi approach to everything but it makes sense for warren bombay and what he's gone through that you find out by episode three so honestly i'm not gonna say like this is like the best show out there because it definitely is a kid show but it doesn't I think it does the Mighty Ducks franchise justice, which okay. I feel like is a win for them. Okay, that's solid. I'm not mad at that. That's what's up. So shout out to Mighty Ducks getting their uh getting their getting their win on. Okay, they, so they do they do a good job with the the kids do a good job with playing up the heart. I feel like the adults do a good job, and you know even the sound and the feel that the director took with this film feels like the old Mighty Ducks. So mm. I'll say it, it does stay true. Okay, I'm not mad at that. That's what's up. All right, so for me, first thing I got is uh, I got the new movie on Netflix, uh, Synchron- Synchronicity. Is that, uh, it's called The Synchronic. It's with our guy, Anthony Mackie, and um, oh boy from um, Jamie Dornan from uh, whatchamacallit. What's that, what's that thing he's from, bro? What, what's, uh, you know, it's a, a fucking... Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of yeah, Grey. Yeah, Jamie Dorner. Yeah, Jamie Dorner. It's with those two. It's like some sci-fi stuff where this guy's like time traveling through taking pills. It's like it's it seems weird, but it seems like a very interesting, 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 interesting sci-fi story. I, I kind of felt it was more like a multiverse. Mmm. Mmm. I like that. I'm not mad at that. That sounds fire as well. So either way, I think it's gonna be dope. I'm super, 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 super excited for this. So uh, that comes out this week. Also, I got some anime to suggest to the people. So first off, if you watch Megalobox, Megalobox season two, Megalobox Nomad is out. And boy, Megalobox was one of the better animes that have come out recently. It didn't have any powers in it. It's literally a sci-fi story about a guy boxing with his like um, exoskeleton suit and season two gets back into that. Um, also, My Hero Season 5, 
out now. Great, great season. If you love My Hero Academia, check it out. Also, another anime that I'm highly, highly, highly recommending to you guys, Tokyo Revengers. It's on Crunchyroll. Uh, you can watch it now. It's, it's exclusively on Crunchyroll, besides if you want to, you know, stream out, trap out the bandwidth and watch it illegally. Uh, Tokyo Revengers, great. Megalobox is on Funimation. And My Hero is on Hulu, Crunchyroll, Funimation. Also, if you have a Crunchyroll account, I want to suggest this thing called Odd Taxi, which is about this taxi driver that's, that's going through this city and showing his different encounters with people. He eventually encounters a murder and it's his job to help like the cops solve it because he was involved in it. So Odd Taxi, Megalobox, Nomad, My Hero Season 5, and, um, and Tokyo Revengers. All great anime that I think you should be watching. All right. Nice. So, all right, let's get to the review. Oh, well, let's do our discussion first real quick. So I had some, I had a casting question. People were talking about casting for the Batman. So I wanted to ask, how do you feel about casting Charlie Heaton as Dick Grayson? Is he too old? Depends on the Dick Grayson story they're telling. Yeah, true, 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 true. Because uh, I feel like they're going to Honestly, with... that dude's an old man. Like, he, I mean, he's like our age. <laughs> I understand he was in New Mutants, but he's not a young teen anymore. No, he's not. I think Dick Grayson has to be, you know, maybe 15 to 20. Well, it depends because you also have Jason Todd on here. And if you have Jason Todd, then you cannot have a young yeah. Dick Grayson. I, the person who sent me that photo, I said the same thing. But what I liked on the photo was Barbara Gordon, the girl from Falcon Winter Soldier. Carly. Not, would not be a bad pick. Red hair, African-American. Jeffrey Wright's a light-skinned male. She's a light-skinned. I think it will work. And Carly has shown she's a great actress. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad one. I mean, uh, when I was first thinking about Barbara Gordon, you know, honestly, if she wasn't already cast as Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz would have been my choice. Mm. She just might be um, too old because we got to find someone that's a little bit younger than Batman. Well, it just depends on what you, the story you're telling, especially with true. Dick Grayson. True, so true. like, you know, if you're t doing a Dick Grayson that's near Charlie Heaton's age, then you need someone a little bit older. The other person uh, who made appearance in the MCU, Lauren, Laura Harrier. Mm, I like, if I like Harrier from Black Klansman. Mm -hmm. I like her a lot. I think she would so. be great. Yeah, and since she did, she, you know, and she had a real small role in the MCU, so I could see where like you could bring I can her see in. It working. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be too much effect uh, within the two. I think um, you're right. How do you feel like, about uh, China Anne McLean from Black Lightning? I'm not too sure about her. Uh, I just see her too much as the damn ant farm girl from <laughs> Disney Channel. And Kirstie Clemens is already in the Flash, so, but I do like Laura, uh, Laura Harrier, who you said. I, I think she would be great um i'm trying to see some other people because i got a list pulled up of uh oh, tati from, gabrielle i don't know if you know who that is i do not but i like from blackish uh yara shahidi who ends up getting her own spinoff and grownish i think she yeah, would be okay. great i think she would be great um lexi underwood who's a disney actress um no, she, no, her. she could get a shot also, any of the uh, the um, the black ladies from um, All American, I think any of those women would be great. And then Amanda Stenberg, or Amanda Steinberg, 
from the Hunger Games and Colombiana, and she was in the uh, she was in that teen movie that you liked. Um, uh, when our where hands touch. <laughs> talking about five feet apart or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not watch that. <laughs> you did, yeah, you. And that did. and that is not on the list. <laughs> oh, Samantha Logan's the lady I was thinking of from All American. She's incredible. So the other person that I've seen on like some of the research I did was a uh, Ky- Kylie Bunbury. Oh, okay. uh, who was she? Was the main actress in that short-lived uh, series Pitch? She was. Um, she's in right now the ABC show uh, Big Sky. Mm, okay. Uh, she's thirty. So. Oh yeah, she might be. She might be a little, little too. It just depends on what you're doing. Yeah, it really does. Cause like. My thing is, if you're doing Dick Grayson, like, I'm trying to see how... To me, Dick Grayson has to, has to be 18, 19. You think? So they got to go... Um, what's the way I wanted to say? They've got to go uh, how the George Clooney Batman did? How they made him older? Or you not We're talking about, like, Chris O'Donnell? Yeah. I think he's younger than that. Yeah, that's what... I think he needs to be at least a freshman... A freshman in high school, sophomore in high school. He can be a high school student, but he has to be young enough to where. Okay, but I mean, like, I feel like the the actor aging to go towards is eighteen to twenty one. Oh no, I'm with you. I'm just saying the character himself has to be young enough to where he's impressionable. That the fact that Bruce Wayne adopts him, he doesn't see it weird that this guy dresses up as a bat. Like, you know what I mean? He has to be someone young enough to where you can sell him the dream. Yeah, and believe for sure. That's why I don't think he can be someone that's 18, 19, because what's stopping that person from going to TMZ and selling, oh, Bruce Wayne's Batman? And, like, Batman would not trust an 18 or 19-year-old. I'm sorry. You need someone who, who's in that Noah Centino lane. Not yeah. Obviously not him. but Oh, you know who I would like? And I think he's young enough and can do it. Aiden Gallagher. You know him as five from Umbrella yeah. Academy. Yeah, we can do it. I would love Aiden Gallagher as, as uh, Dick Grayson. He can pull off a 15-year-old. He would be good Jason Todd, too, if that, if, if if that was what that they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. He'd be a good Damian Wayne if they went that way as well. <laughs> yeah. He could pull off any of the Robins, honestly. I just I feel like the character he's played in Umbrella Academy would mesh into being in the Batverse. Yep, I agree. So that's all I wanted to really ask you. I'm going to have more as we continue fan casting with that. But let's get into our shows. I know we always start off with the worst one first, but this was a week where both were incredible. So uh, we have more to say with Falcon Winter Soldier. So we're going to start off with Invincible. This is episode five. Let me pull up the synopsis real quick, just so I can read the log line of what happened in said episode. So Invincible episode five. Also, the, the title card got bloodier again. And I, yeah. I saw the I saw the people tweet about it, and you tagged me in it. I just wanted to say I I knew that was happening. So episode five, feeling confident in his new abilities, Mark risks a team up with a local villain to take down a crime lord while simultaneously juggling school in a new relationship. Basically, him and Amber are on the rocks because how all relationships are when people are busy. <laughs> she she wants time and he can't give it. But granted, Mark's been being late and he, he doesn't tell her what's going on. It seems like he's lying. Well, he can't. He can't. I understand, so. but I understand why Amber's mad at him because he's no, yeah, yeah, pivot. for sure. And for like sure. late and miss miss dinner with the mom, like to go attack that dude. Like, bro, you could have just went go eat with eat with the mom and then go on a, go and do what you had to do. 
Yeah, I, I feel like he's not properly managing his time. Dude was clowning. But it's, also, not, it's not like his mentor is really helping him with that. His dad. So his dad. Hold on. We're gonna talk about Omni Man. I'm just going through some of the characters. We're gonna get to fucking Omni Man, that douche. And we're gonna talk more Mark stuff later. But Adam Eve, her story really touched me, man. It really made me feel I felt so bad for her this episode. What her what her dad was saying when he was like Rex explodes a dude. Dude's cheat. You better get up. I was like, you had the gall to tell that to your daughter? Sir, she can rearrange your atoms and make you turn to dust, which she should have did. Yeah, okay. I couldn't believe that scene. I was like, are you serious right now? I was like, <laughs> whoa! Whoa! Also, what else? okay, so also Cecil and them dealing with Damien Darkblood, him, Damien leaving that note for um, Sandra, Sandra O's character, the mom. I'm just like, Yo, this is about to end badly with Mark's mom and dad. It's about to end badly. It's just coming. No, she's about to die. I mean, he's going to kill her. I mean. Something going to happen. But Omni-Man, what a fucker. He was... And, but I guess I got to wait give, to give him more fucker cred. All right. Um, What else? We didn't see any of the justice. Oh, Robot. Yeah, we did. Met, Robot's bitch ass is still being sketchy. Met with the, tw- the organic twins who were like cloning themselves. And I think he wants to clone Rex Explode so he can kill him and make his own version of Rex explode for his team. That's my theory right now. It's an interesting theory. I'd probably be a better version of Rex. <laughs> Rex explode. I love Jason Man. More reliable ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, we met the Black Mask character the uh, with his auto-tune voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, who knew T-Pain was making a cameo? Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to T-Pain. That was really him? No, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, go T Pain. Um, but I did like the storyline of Mark teaming up with Titan to go fight this T Pain guy, and then he's fight, and then all of these people. Mark got a little too cocky. That Tiger Man whooped his fucking ass, but his dad was watching the whole time. What a bitch, Omni Man! Your son could have died, and you didn't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, but also he, I think he was trying to like Show give him, him the space. Mm. to like do his thing because like at the end of the day he wants to observe what he's capable of and test his power limits and test his power limit and at the same time mark wants to be able to to not be saved by his dad true true so like i I don't really knock that too much on him but i was thinking majority of the time i'm like when's omni man coming yeah and do something i was glad it was the justice people though they got their ass whooped poor black samson man dude took off his thing They, they weren't gonna do anything they broke off his wrist and hit off half his head. He gonna turn into somebody like Metallo. His next, his yeah. next power boot's gonna be like a robot hand, half robot face. Monster Girl should be dead. Like she got. Fucked. Yeah, she should be dead. And she got fucked. And then, like when uh, that shit happened, I was like, "Is Monster Girl dead?" I was like, "They're really gonna <laughs> kill her off right now." And I was shocked that the Adam Girl didn't die because all they had to do was step on her ass. Yeah, yeah. She just kept shrinking, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Robot was doing his thing though. Robot was all jumpy, shooting his. I, I thought. That was the most badass I saw robots. Yeah, well, we hadn't really ever seen them fight before, except like when the episode alien two. invasion. Yeah. yeah. But the best thing to this episode to me was Titan. I loved his powers. I love how they showed him. And then how he basically pulled the flip on that auto-tune dude and took over his gang and now is running everything. Uh, basically got over on Mark and Mark's dad was right. But I just, it was just sad, man. I want to see Mark come back strong. Yeah, what's uh, the Spider-Man villain? Is it Fisk? 
Oh, Wilson Fisk. Uh, uh, Carlton. No, no, it's Fisk Wilson or... Fisk. It's Wilson, Wilson Fisk. Fisk. It's the, uh, the yeah, Kingpin. Yeah. The Kingpin, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But I mean, like, that's what Titan reminded me of is that he's now becoming like the new Kingpin. You know who Titan reminded me of? This He reminded me of Mahershala Ali's character from Luke Cage. Well, it is Mahershala Ali. It, uh, yeah, I know. But it definitely reminded me of the Luke Cage uh, show. He was Luke Cage and Mahershala Ali's character fused. Yeah. He even, he even said the Mahershala Ali line, like, I'm uh, the king shit. You mean Mahershala Ali said the Mahershala Ali line? Oh, well, yeah. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> Cut that shit out. <laughs> but Damien Darkblood, man, I want his notes, gonna get, gonna get Omni-Man's wife killed. She, he is clowning. But she is clowning, too, because honestly... If I, if my girlfriend I found out was the strongest woman on earth and she killed all these other superheroes, I'm not questioning nothing she say. <laughs> I'm just, I'm rocking with it. Baby, are you protecting me? That's all that matter. If you killing people, I can't do nothing about it. I'm a human. She got, yeah. she, she can take a punch from the guardians of the, she beat the whole Justice League. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is, what is uh, uh, old Debbie expecting she's going to do? Leave? <laughs> Where's she gonna go? She's gonna go somewhere, and then Omni Man's gonna, gonna like, protect her. She's gonna like be peace. It's over. Bye, bitch. I'm taking Mark with me too. That's what he would say. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much like what this is leading to is that she's gonna try and like tell Mark, be like, Mark, like your dad's, dad's bad guy. It might lead to uh, Omni Man leaving Earth. Him and Mark fighting, but at this point, Mark's not strong enough to beat Omni Man. I'm sorry. Hell no. He gotta he gotta fight that tiger dude a couple more times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's got he's gonna have to fight Titan again at some point. Yeah, he's gonna have to kick Titan's ass or, too. Yeah. So, but great episode of Invincible. I think this was the best one yet because we got a lot of characterization from Mark, from uh, Eve, from Omni Man, from Debbie, from Cecil, from from everybody. Like I like I think I think this was the best episode yet. It's it also the best rated one. And it had the best fight scenes. Like I love seeing the the new Justice Society fight those villains. So. I loved it. Invincible, great. Let's get to Falcon. Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm going to read the log line of that because, boy, was this episode fantastic with a capital F. Fantastic. Schubert, while I get the log line, let's say what we said in text. This is the best MCU project, bro. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, this is incredible. Like, like I, I was, I was, yeah. I remember I said to you in that text that I like this series more than half the MCU films. That's why last week when I said this is the first MCU thing I love since Iron Man. Like I liked Ragnarok, I liked Black Panther, I liked Winter Soldier. I love this. Like I love, love, love this show. They have finally nailed darkness stakes. Uh, repercussions for actions. Well, and, and it's the first the time I've, I've ever cared about these characters. True. Like, I never cared about Falcon. I never cared about Bucky. And I care about them more than some of the MCU people who have movies now. So, sort of, yeah. I mean, especially Sam, yeah. And I did not care about Steve Rogers during the movies. Let me be honest. No. I wasn't a Captain America guy. I'm a Captain America I. guy now. It was I. I was not a Captain America guy. Uh, I would still not say that I'm a Captain America guy. I just I think we have to see how that all pans out. I'm a Falcon and end. Bucky guy. Let me say that. I'm a I'm a Sam and and and, and Bucky guy. But I and Zemo and Zemo. Yeah, but Sam about to be Captain America. I, this episode told me that for sure. All right, episode four. The whole world is watching. John Walker loses his patience with Sam and Bucky as they learn more about Carly Morgenthau. 
So this episode, the Dormelage is like, yo, you got eight hours, Bucky. We only giving you eight hours because we fuck with you, White Wolf. You better get what you got from Zemo. Then we taking him. And Bucky was cool with it. Bucky was like, all right, bet. I'm going to get what I got to get from him. Y'all can take him. And then so they, Bucky, Zemo pulls some shady Zemo shit. And, and, and tries to figure out where Carly Morgenthau's mom figure's funeral is. He gets is. the info, but won't tell him all the info because he doesn't want to He doesn't want the door to get him. But they end up finding where the funeral is. They go, and then uh, basically Sam's like, yo, give me 10 minutes to talk to Carly Morgenthau. They we got him saying, you know, John Walker and Homeboy showed up, mm. Battlestar. John Walker and Battlestar show up, yep. They're like, we're not giving you 10 minutes. And, and, Sam, and Bucky was like, nah, y'all giving him 10 minutes. And then Sam really shows his Captain America-ness because – John Walker is the antithesis. He's the complete opposite of Steve. And I think this episode goes to show that Steve was the Captain America for his time. It was perfect. It was the 50s. The, uh, like, well, it, white it goes, America it goes, was champion against the Nazis. Like, it was, it, it was, this is, Sam's the perfect Captain America for this era. Well, and even without uh, the eras, it goes back to, like, when they were originally doing the Captain America and they were like, should the best soldier be Captain America? Mm. And that was the whole, that's John. That's the scientist thing. thing. He's yeah. the, he's the best soldier. He's the, he's the most decorated. He, and even Battlestar talks about, it. he's like, there's no other person that could have done this, but you, I mean, look at your and record. Was and blah, like, blah, blah. But see, Battlestar doesn't understand who John Walker really is. Cause he was like, the serum will just make you more of who you are. And John Walker's an insecure guy. He's super insecure in himself. He, he's not confident. And only thing he's confident is killing and being a murderer. Yeah. So like, that's, what I mean, this, that's what's gonna happen to him, you know. But I mean, going back to that, it was um, in the original Captain America movie. It was not about finding who the best soldier would be; it was about finding who the best man would be. Yeah, the best person. And so, like that, and that's what you kind of see with Sam here is that, and even when Steve, when Steve was around, is that Steve didn't all didn't go in guns a blazing. He was always about talk like out. talking his way out, you know, sympathizing with who he's Everybody. trying. Yeah with everybody and whoever you know who's whose foe is yep to be able to understand their logic and reasoning and to, and to be sympathetic for that because that was the whole deal with steve rogers in the mcu is that he was a criminal because like he didn't agree with what well, the government, government was doing yep yep yeah. he was anti that no 100 and i think that was a great showing of sam being like i don't agree with you i agree with you with which your i agree with your ideas carly i don't agree with your execution and he was trying to sympathize to her he would it Honestly, he might have connected to if John Walker didn't bust in like a bitch. 100%. Like, he was close. And then, like, uh, and I think he, a great line was, I used to do PTSD and conflict uh, thing in the army. Like, I'm the perfect person suited for this. And it just gave us more character depth into Sam. I really believe that the first three episodes were Bucky-focused. Now these last three are going to be Sam-focused, and you really feel it. And it's showing how he should be Captain America. He talks to Carly Morgenthau. John Walker busts through like a bitch. And then Carly Morgenthau escapes. But Zemo's ass destroys the super soldier serum. And John Walker takes the last vial and knocks out Zemo like a pussy. So he doesn't, so Zemo doesn't know that he took it. Carly Morgenthau escapes. And then boom, they all go back. John Walker's arguing like, we got to take Zemo, blah, blah, blah. The Dormelage pop in and just whoop John Walker's ass. And I thought it was brilliant. We see his insecurities on full blast when he was like, they weren't even super soldiers. I was like, wow, pussy. <laughs> yeah, and wow. you can tell that, um, you know, non-American women 
beating his ass definitely took a hold of that too and probably probably black women too you know but he but he has a black i don't want to speak for him i'm I'm just saying (laughs) wouldn't be surprised john i don't think john walker's a racist i just think he might be a sexist. Now that might be. Now I, I could buy into that. I don't think he racist though. But that maybe that's why they have. Maybe maybe he is, and that's why they gave him a black wife, a black best friend to convince us he's not. Maybe Battlestar. Battlestar should not be fighting. I don't know who trained Battlestar, but Sam supposedly got the same training as them, and then Sam handled his own. They was kicking his ass. Well, Sam's also had way more experience with this sort of thing than them. True. True. That's true. So. That's facts. Bucky handled his own, but they did the oh when the door Milaj hit his arm with them things and his arm fell off. I was like, ah, Bucky, no. He should have known. Yep. And then, Dude. yo, he almost lost the shield. John Walker, the door Milaj legit took the shield and she was like, leave that guy. We don't need that. Let's go. <laughs> they they technically have ownership. I mean, yeah, they do because it's vibranium. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. So then after that, John Walker's all in his head. He's like, now he's like, I got to take the serum. They have him and Battlestar have that conversation. He takes it. And then now they're going to uh, basically break in and try to. Uh, well, actually, no. Carly Morgenthau calls Sam's sister and was like, yo, we need to meet here. And she's like, tell Sam, if not, I'm going to come kill you and the kids. She basically alludes to it. Sam and Bucky. Sam's like, all right, now I got to come suit it up. They go and try to meet Carly Morgenthau. They find out that they've isolated John Walker to kill him, to send a message. They go to try to find him. And then it's just this big battle between the Flag Smashers, Falcon, Winter Soldier, John Walker, and Battlestar. Battlestar gets murked. Didn't see that coming. Straight up killed his ass, which sends John Walker over the edge. And then boom, John Walker goes and kills one of the Flag Smashers in front of every... He's a dumbass. He kicked him out. He was like, no, I surrender. And literally, I don't know how his peripherals don't see everybody around him, but it makes sense because he thinks he's above the law. He thinks he's Captain America. And I think this is a good mirror of how police are being are killing people in front of the That's world. Fair. I think that I think it had some shades of that. And then when he when he smashes the shield into him, I think it's beautiful that he uses the shield because Steve would never have done this. And it shows how he's misusing the shield and how the shield isn't is it's it's more about the man that holds the shield it's not about the shield itself which they've been saying this whole time and mm-hmm. i love how the shield had the blood and gore dripped under it it was a, it was a great shot it was a great scene and how everybody filmed this and like captain america no just killed this person even sam and bucky are like well fuck what the fuck do we do now they were shocked they were like holy shit he just did this yeah i don't think anyone of our heroes saw that coming. Nope. Not necessarily their MO. And that's pretty much it the used episode. used to be Bucky's, but not now. Anything, that's pretty much the episode. What do you want to tie in? Because I think Sharon, I think your Sharon Carter theory was given more validity in this episode. She gets, they call broker. her, they call okay. her and she's like, yeah, I got some satellites. I'll check I in. Two. <laughs> I'm like, you got some satellites and you're in oh. exile. <laughs> and I thought you were just dealing art. How do you have a satellite? Exactly. Power and how broker. do you know? How do you know where Captain America and Carly are through your like un- power broker? 100% power broker. Gosh, I like that for Sharon Carter. She's pissed off at America. Fuck y'all. I'm going to be the leader of the underworld. I think that's dope. Yeah. And then, oh, Zemo escapes. Zemo escapes in the turmoil of the Dora Milaje. And uh, they, they said an El Chapo. He pulled an El Chapo. I love that. 
I don't think we see Zemo for the rest of the season unless, until the end. I think we see him in the last episode because they're doing a season yeah. two. I think he's the villain of season two. Maybe, maybe. I also have a theory that John Walker won't die or go to jail. I think he's, and I wish I would know what's happening in Black Widow, what they, what they do with Thunderbolt Ross, because I feel like he's going to be part of the evil group led by either Thunderbolt Ross or Zemo. See, Zemo doesn't work with super soldiers, so no. Yeah, I think he's hmm. going to be uh, part of Thunderbolt Ross's villain group that he has to be his Dark Avengers. Yeah, I mean, we'll see with Zemo. I, I still think that he, I don't think he'll be in the next episode. I think you're right, he'll probably pop in at the end. The end of the last but episode. I still, I, I still think Wakanda's going to get him or something. Like, I just don't know like how much he has left to do. That's why I think he's, he's I think we're going to see him in the mask, with the mask on at the end of episode six, like, oh, I got my plan and I'm going to take the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to execute this and we're going to take some people out. And I think he's going to be the villain for next season. I really do because we're getting season two. I um I think Buck I think uh Sam definitely gets his costume in episode six. I think we definitely go back to Isaiah next episode probably. Next episode probably yeah. So Sam Isaiah. I saw something where they were gonna be like the rhetoric that Sam hasn't been able to say Isaiah is gonna say in the next Mm -hmm. episode. And that's gonna and Sam's gonna get all of his thoughts out and that's gonna be all right. I can be Captain America. I think his conversation with Carly really led to that. And I think Carly and all of them, all of her friends talking about how we need a hero that's that's for us. That's why it's you, Carly. You should be Captain America. But the thing is, she can't because she has the same problems that John Walker has. But on the flip side, like just because her ideas are right, the execution is wrong. John Walker has semi-noble intentions, but his execution is wrong. Just like hers. Sam is the perfect guy to dawn it because he understands the problems of the world. But... He's not going to do anything to compromise his moral, his moral standing. Yeah. You know, and I think it took this journey for him to understand that, which is what the whole point of the series. And I think Bucky's going to be a legitimate human after this (laughs) white wolf. Like it's time for him to don the white wolf name, man, and become, he should. And just, and honestly, him and Sam should just be partners, not sidekicks, just partners that fight together. Like that has to be the thing from now on. I think Steve would have wanted it. Yep, I think Steve would have wanted it as well. And I'm excited to see Sam get the shield, man. I'm I'm super excited. It's time. Yeah, and, you know this was a really a, a big episode. Best episode yet. It was also highest rated episode, just like with Invincible. Um, great, it was great. I'm giving both those episodes fives. Yeah, I would too. So solid, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got. I'm excited for next week. We only have two episodes left this week and next. Yep, two more episodes of that. Invincible, I think we got we got a couple. The, we got a few more. Yeah, we got we got a couple. Then we got a, then, but I think next week is Mortal Kombat week. Am I is, am I right? It was supposed to be the sixteenth, and then it's going to be the twenty third. Yeah, huh? next week third. Yep, mm-hmm. next week is Mortal Kombat week, so we won't review it next week. We'll review it week after. We got three more Invincibles. Nice. Okay, so. All right. So, yeah, we're definitely starting our actress list next week. Uh, we're going to get Invincible, Falcon, Winter Soldier. And then the week after, Mortal Kombat review. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Let me tell you all now, since we're the episode's over, uh, we're probably going to do a Mortal Kombat watch along Discord exclusive because we can stream in Discord. So if you want to partake, click the link in the bio. 
and join the Discord. We have trivia nights where people win money. We have, and we're doing this exclusive watch along with Mortal Kombat. So make sure y'all join the Discord. But Shubi, that's all we got this week, brother. All right. Uh, well, you know, everyone keep up with that. We had a really cool pitch it match last week. Do we yep. know when that's going to be on? That It's going to be on YouTube on Monday. And the first two matches are now on YouTube by the time you guys hear this. Uh, we haven't decided a date for the next one, but we no. do know that Carl. Carl is... Asgar is one of the competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Cash Carbon from the Cash Carbon stream. We will pick the date and the next competitor very soon. But a new run it back should be out in the next week, if not early the following. Yeah, and that's it's Step uh, for Step Brothers. Yep, yeah. we're, me, you, and Ian are reviewing Step Brothers. You guys can check that out. Also, we have a new show on the network featuring Justin Ivey. It's called the Never Less Than Ill podcast. If you are a hip-hop fan, he's doing a deep dive into different hip-hop artists while talking to different members of the media, different producers, and, art- and the artists themselves. The first week, he did a deep dive <laughs> on Little Brother, who is the group of Fonte, Pooh, and Ninth Wonder. So be sure to check that out. Um, also check out the most recent episode of the Bros We Think podcast. Uh, a new anime talk will be out on Tuesday. And if you're a fan of One Piece, we do manga reviews. That's also out on the YouTube. But other than that, for more information and to stay up to date with all things Bros Who Think, follow the Bros Who Think on Twitter at Bros Who Think. If you got any movie recs for me to put on my list, go Send to the Discord. <laughs> Go to the Discord and send them to me. I, you know, I would guarantee you. Like, what? What is this? Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages, front and back. Ooh. I have. Have you not shot a whole so. page yet? No, man. Like, I've only <laughs> all the ones that I've said on here that are the ones that I watched. Okay. And I feel like I'm missing one, mm. but maybe it just wasn't that good. Maybe. It just it slipped your mind. Are you checking them off or drawing a line through them as you finish? Yeah. You should draw a line through them. That'll, mm-hmm. that gives you the whole, like, yeah, I'm doing that. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I think, I think the one I'm watching tomorrow because it comes off Netflix on the 16th is uh, Carol, Kate Blanchett. Mm. Okay. Getting ready my for the top actress conversation. My first drama. Okay. All right. All right. Bet. bet. Great drama. I got to send you all the things I told you to watch on this show. I got to text them to you. But yeah, make sure you join the Discord. You can talk to me and Shubi about movies, about all the latest news, because as soon as news drops, we talk about it in the Discord. So come join us. Link in the description. All right. Well, I hope everyone out there has a great week. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. And join us next week. And as always, keep binging.